<laughs> we blew our load early. <laughs> Crack. <laughs> We're back. Episode 36 of the Whole Milk League podcast. I hit a wrong button and uh, we missed the normal intro. Uh, but we do have three lukewarm natty lights that no, we're we drinking drink here. This warm natty for nothing. <laughs> what's poppin', people? It's AJ back again with another podcast. Hey, what's up? I'm here again. <laughs> uh, it's Mitch. We'll just call it an away game. It's sort of. Right. I'm in a new stadium today. Uh, we're out. We're podcasting out of the Moft. It's my new uh, man loft at Sam's place. So. Uh, yeah, man caves TM. are out of style. This is the new big thing. Yeah, I'm off TM. <laughs> it's a very uh, modern urban uh, labeling a moft. So absolutely, um, we are going to break down the fantasy tight ends yes. today as we approach the the uh, uh, NFL season. Mitchell, big fan of tight ends, so he'll give his expert reviews. I don't think he's the only one. <laughs> <laughs> um, we uh, have another bracket coming up and possibly a little bit of movie talk. Uh, we watched uh, Casino Royale recently and movie theaters are starting to open back up. So True. some big new movie news coming along. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, but diving straight into tight end rankings. Um, AJ, you have your list ready to go. Mitchell, did yeah. you put a list together? Yeah, with uh, even some descriptions. Oh, Most wow, of them not okay. very good. I, I've got a question mark on one guy's name. Like, Travis, why I do that? Travis Kelsey. Tight end. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, AJ, why don't you hit us with, I guess, what you would consider your S-tier tight ends. Yeah, so, well, I mean, I think that there are three, potentially four, that are very good. But I think that it, basically, I had a, a pretty easy top six, and then it kind of felt like it was kind of arbitrary between, or after that point. I think, like, seven through, like, 16, maybe even 18 or 20 is pretty much the same, just how, however you want to order it. So I think that the top six in any order should probably be Kels. I, this is the order I have them in: is Kelsey, Kittle, Zach Ertz, Mark Andrews, Hunter Henry, and Darren Waller. Um, I know Fantasy Pros doesn't exactly agree with what I have, but those it's are close. my guys. And then once it gets past there, I think it's pretty arbitrary. I I would. Disagree a little bit, and I know maybe it's a question mark, so maybe it's a hot take. I would put Gronk really high on the list. I think he's a freak of nature, and I think the I mean, the, the time off can go one of two ways. I think he comes back really healthy and really strong. Well, um, it depends on draft strategy a little bit. I, I think he's a guy that you could feel fine taking it like six or seven, but you also have to know that that's a that's a risk. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he's been that he's been that way for years. Um, I just I like you got you got Brady down there, so he's got the familiarity. Arians loves to throw the ball. Like I said, I think Gronk's time off will be beneficial to him, but he's always been a risk. And to me, tight ends are a risk in general. I think really there's only two locks because I think Ertz has injury problems, and I think I their offense has quest, just question marks as to its product productivity. Honestly, I think the reason that Travis Kelsey is currently the best tight end is because he just doesn't get injured. I think you look at a lot of the other guys in that list, and they've had at least a couple injuries, unless they're really young and unproven. He's also tied to the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he's—I mean—he is a really, really good player. Like, yeah. he's a phenomenal athlete, runs good routes, decent blocker. Like he's—he's he's a really good tight end. But I think what helps him the most is that he's on the field. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and and I mean, I'm not gonna disagree with it because I have Gronk at seven. So, oh, that's like, fine. So, so yeah, so he's like my next guy, but I think that just. The year off gives me enough pause that yeah. I wouldn't consider him as much of a lock. 
Um, I would, uh, Darren Waller, I think he, the NFL, one of the NFL pods I was listening to today, they actually have him lined up for regression just based sure. on how good his numbers were last year, and they've tried yeah. to improve their offense. It was pretty ridiculous what um, he was putting up last year. I also, you know, Fantasy Pros has Tyler Higby at seven, and I would not be high on Higby, but I would be higher on Ingram than, do you have him at eight? Or where do you put Ingram? Him? Yeah. I have Ingram at ten. Ten? Okay. I yeah. think he's really talented, and I think their offense is supposed to be even better this year. Yeah. They're, they're an interesting case. I think there are... Basically four guys that I kind of want to wait and see on. Yeah. You're not going to be able to because I think most of them are going to get drafted. Yeah, probably. But there's a lot of question marks there. I think there's going to be a lot of production. I just don't know who it's going to. Yeah, exactly. And, like, Evan Ingram, for me, it's just kind of like, like, what, like, how many years in a row does he have to disappoint before I have to say, like, before I have to rank some people ahead of him and just be like, show me, a like, a really good, solid, consistent season. Like it just seems solid though. Yeah, I know, but like his he has injury problems. Like the, there was a one point like two years ago where he was just straight up getting benched for other people because he couldn't block. Like he's just had it's it's been pretty up and down for Evan Ingram. He's when he's when he's good, he's very good. But yeah. I just don't. I I'd rather I'd rather know I'm getting something out of my tight end than either getting zero points or like have the potential of getting fifteen. So, I mean, if you're if you're drafting that way, I I'd point back to Rob Gronkowski on that a little bit, though. Yeah, I feel like I mean Gronk does have a higher ceiling. His ceiling is Gronk. Yeah, it's Gronk. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at the same time, I there's a lot of people in that offense. He's taken a year off. He's lost some weight. Is he going to be the same? Yeah. I I still think he's going to produce, but he could just be a non-factor. Yeah, it's true. But I'll I'll just I'll take the chance that it's still. At, you know, at least sixty or seventy percent of what Brady and Gronk used to be, rather than the Daniel Jones Evan Ingram combination. Tight ends interesting this year because I generally I stream tight ends. I think I always have. I couldn't tell you mm-hmm. ever having a real tight end, um, but I think it's deeper than it normally is. I would feel a little better going deeper into this list as you look at um, like Austin Hooper, Johnu Smith. I think TJ Hawkinson can actually have a good year if Stafford stays healthy. Tight ends usually make a big jump their second year in the league. I'm just going to um, throw this out there right now. I don't think TJ Hawkinson should be 16 on anyone's that's board. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. he's, he's got – I like, I like Gasicki a lot, but he's got a better floor than Gasicki, I think, and he's got almost as much, if not more, upside. He's got almost as much upside as anyone on the, you know any of these tight ends. Yeah, like, well – but I, I was just kind of throwing out Gasicki because I think yeah, he's, I don't know for he's sure. that he freak of athlete, last freakish year. athlete yeah. that yeah. could be the next big thing. But he's his hands are horrible. Yeah, it's that short up. Like he could he could have a huge year, but I'm not going to necessarily yeah. bet on it. Yeah, and and we're talking one week when Hawkinson really broke out onto the scene that game against Arizona, sure. where they, they clearly saw something in the matchup that said get this guy the ball a lot. And Arizona, he was, yeah, they saw and, Arizona, yeah. <laughs> and, and and he was very good and he was very effective. But there was clearly they didn't see that matchup as much later in the season. But he's clear, he proved in that game that if you focus on him, that he can make it happen. And he doesn't have to be focus because they have Galladay taking away coverage. Well, and I, I think a big part of that is that they lost Stafford halfway through the sure, year. Yeah. So even and though, he was hurt, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of factors that kind of limited his production. I, I want to bet on that upside over like a – Johnny Smith upside, where I'm not sure where that offense exactly, is going. Exactly, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and and we didn't even uh, you kind of brought up Higby, and we didn't talk about him, 
But I think Mitchell and I are pretty simpatico on where we have Higby. Do you have him lower too? Yeah, I have. I have him at fourteen. I was know. gonna. I was gonna put him like looking at these tiers here. I would put him at the bottom of tier three, yeah. which is yeah, sixteen, seventeen range. He just had a couple games last year where he exploded when Gerald Everett was hurt and when Brandon Cooks wasn't playing, and for yeah. some reason they were only playing Cooper Cup on like sixty percent of the snaps. So yeah. he was just out there a lot, and they were they were having to come back, and he was garbling up some garbage time. But I mean, Everett's going to come back at some point. While he, he may not be there week one, but he he will come back at some point. And I just don't think that he's a special player by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, that's really it. His situation's interesting. I think you could say, hey, look, they're moving to a different type of offense where they want to use that big target, big tight end guy a little bit more, and maybe there's room for both him and Everett even when he comes back. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you've got some pretty good receivers already. You've got a guy who's just not that terribly talented in Higby. Yeah. Like, he didn't, he really wasn't, like, it wasn't like he was getting open and no one was looking at him. Yeah. He just wasn't getting open. He wasn't getting the ball earlier in the exactly, season. Exactly, yeah. Even though Everett wasn't there, unless he's being schemed for, I don't see any reason to take him that high. I think he's still a good option. I think you mm-hmm. can still feel pretty comfortable with him as your tight end. Sure. I just wouldn't have him as a, that top seven guy. Yeah. Um, one other person to address before we get to more people we haven't talked about. I like Andrews' floor better than Ertz also. I think you know that Lamar's going to be throwing to Andrews versus Ertz. I, I mentioned his health, but but also Wentz's health. I just, I don't, you just don't know who's going to be throwing the ball, who's going to be catching the ball necessarily. I don't know. I just don't think it matters that much. Yeah, maybe. Um, but looking further down the list, you've got uh, Hayden Hurst. Where, he's at 11 on uh, Fantasy Pros. Where do you guys have him at? I have him at 13. I've, I've Mitchell's got him higher than I do. I've had him higher, and then I've kind of I've, I've kind of lowered him a little bit, mostly for the arbitrary reason of I, th- I think the Atlanta tight end is a valuable position to have because robot Matt Ryan likes to check <laughs> the ball down, especially on like third and long and you know, whatever. But but also like it's gonna take some time. I mean, even Austin Hooper last year, he had some time to build up that rapport with Ryan when he always knew exactly when he was going to come out of his break, and so Ryan could throw it early and make sure it got there on time and didn't get intercepted. It's going to take some time to build that sort of rapport, even on a simple route like that, and they're just not going to have time to build it. So. Yeah. Well, but I think the counter to that is Hayden Hurst was still able to, able to produce as a number two tight end mm, in Baltimore. He produced okay on lo- limited targets, so if he's, if he's getting catch if they figure it out, I think he's a good end of the year guy to just kind of break out. Yeah. Once they have that rapport, I just think that there are plenty of guys that are going to be fine week one. So I don't know why yeah. I have to wait on Hayden Hurst to be good because he's so much better than some of these guys. Like I don't know, man. He, he just had the he, same. He has. I mean, he had I mean, production of a Jared Cook, except Cook got a couple touchdowns. Well, I was, no, I was going to come to Cook next. That no, I think I think Cook is overranked. I think he was a beneficiary of. Just I don't want to say luck, but there's an, I just can't see him keeping up the output he had last year because he I mean he was a big part of my run at the end of the season where he's catching two touchdowns a game or whatever and yeah, yeah. that man's over the hill like I don't see him doing that again. Well, I mean it's, he's just a big target and a good offense. Yeah, and, and that's all he needed to be. I, I think there were some injury concerns with some of their other guys they might have gone to in the red zone. Um. Yeah, I think with the additions to that offense, I don't expect him to have that kind of touchdown production. But I think he's still a fine pick. I think, again, you'd be okay starting Jared Cook. He's probably still a 600-yard, however-many-touchdown guy. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cook, Cook had 700 yards last year, so he had 15 more catches, double the yards of Hayden Hurst, and Hurst only had two touchdowns, and Cook had nine. I mean, that's but, fair. Um, that's fair. But, but yeah, so it's it's just one of those things where, the, I mean, that's just the role. Like, Jared Cook is the guy. He's not going to blow the doors off and get a 1,000-yard season, but, I mean, it's I mean the, the touchdowns are going to be there. I mean, the Saints' offense is good, and Breeze trusts him, and yeah. they don't have a ton of threats around the goal line, so. Yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts on Demarius Thomas coming in there? Coming in the Saints? Wait, is that the, I think it's the wrong guy. You mean Emmanuel Sanders? Oh, Emmanuel Sanders, yeah. Uh, Denver <laughs> yeah, receivers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Former Denver receiver. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is great. I love him. I mean, I, we talked about him in the wide receiver show. I got him inside my top 40, but he is, you know, six foot, six one. Like, he's, sure. not, he's not necessarily an end zone threat. Same with He's, I mean, and if, if they're going to do that thing, then they'll just throw the corner out to Mike Thomas or the, the comeback or the whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just, you know, they're just like Jared Cook, you know, just be big and run somewhat fast down the middle of the field. And if, you know, it's your one-on-one against the linebacker, we're going to give you a shot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, deeper down the list, well, okay, slightly deeper. I like Cooper and Fant. They're at 12 and 13 on this list. Yeah, I was I gonna would, say, yeah Fant is my highest guy that we haven't talked about yet. I would. I was going to say I'd push them both higher, I, but I don't know how much there is to talk about necessarily. Fant is limited last year, and with a new court, essentially new quarterback. So, well, I think there's something something to talk about there. I mean, um, you've got a guy who I think was a rookie last year, right? Fant, yeah, yeah, yeah. and tight end tends to be one of those positions. It takes a little while to learn and, and get adjusted to in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, with that extra time in the league, we, we saw some some flashes of it. Mm-hmm. I, I think if you're looking for a guy to, to kind of step up from previous production, he oh, might yeah. be a really good option. Like he's he's pretty good in college too. I think he's got a yeah. decent draft pedigree. No, I mean oh, yeah. it's not a knock. I'd put him at eh, ten to twelve range. Yeah, I just I got a nine. Yeah, but it's just it's to some extent a question mark. I think, I think Denver is in general. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah, just, but you locked top 10 quarterback. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of getting into the Denver offense the more that I think about hmm. it. Cause I, I love Cortland Sutton and I kind of like what Judy can bring. And yeah. I'm a big fan of fan. I like, I just think soft hands, He's not really a route runner yet, but I don't think that he has to be. But he's just a freaking freight train with the ball in his hands. Well, he's, he's in the open field. He's probably going to have a linebacker on him a lot of the time with, yeah, and with he's the gonna, guys on his team. Yeah, he's going to fuck somebody up at that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but looking down, in, in the, again, this is the Fantasy Pros rankings, but I'm looking for kind of people who I would place higher. Uh, Herndon at 21. I think he, he was hurt last year, and obviously Darnold was coming off some mono. But um, I think Herndon's got talent that he could play higher than – uh, play himself into a useful role. Mm-hmm. Um, I think any Seattle tight end. Um, they've got Greg Olson. One, yeah. Because um, I had both Disley and um, whoever uh, Hollister last year. They both ended up hurt, but Russ made both of them startable tight ends. Yeah. Um, so I don't see any reason that he wouldn't do the same to Olson. Mm-hmm. And then also Dawson Knox down at twenty-seven at this list. Not a fan. Just, just, just where's the upside? That's all I gotta say. I don't know. He's a. I would say he's an athlete um, with another athlete at quarterback. I'm not saying draft that man right away, yeah. but I think you could. I think there's some up. I think there's upside there if you take him in the. If you're like me and not drafting a tight end until the third to last round, Dawson Knox, I wouldn't feel terrible having on my team. Yeah, I, just, I don't think you need him. Yeah, I just I, I just see more names with better upside. I guess I guess the interesting point is I don't know how many people do you think 
roster two tight ends in our league? Like about half, maybe. So you think there needs to be twenty? There are going to be twenty tight ends unavailable. Probably. I'd say, I'd say, yeah, I'd say between 18 and 20. I'm yeah. considering it if I don't get a, a top guy. I'm considering taking, like, a, I don't even know who would be a, a good example here, but, like, a, a Goddard guy who could just be an absolute beast if, if Ertz goes down. Yeah. Like in, if, yeah. In, in, in a similar vein to that, too, the guy, the low guy that I was going to shout out is that one guy that I think is really low on this list that I kind of have been rising on is O.J. Howard. Another guy, you know, I, I like the talent a lot. He has, you know, I don't know. I don't know if Bruce Arians likes him so much, but if Gronk isn't Gronk, you know, Brady is, you know, Brady will throw it to the fucking tight end. So. Yeah. Well, and I think he's he's been an interesting option for a while. He's just never yeah. really had a situation that gave him anything. He's got better exactly. baseball hands than football hands. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that. He caught like a foul ball last year. Yeah, or <laughs> I, I also like the size-speed combo of Ian Thomas. I've got him a little bit higher than they've got him too. Yeah. But again, he's a little bit limited with the quarterback play. Agreed. Any um, other tight ends you guys wanted to address? Um, I mean, I've touched on Gasicki a little bit. I, I think if he, if that offense does anything, I think he'll be interesting. Yeah, oh yeah, I've I've got Gasicki at eleven. I've, I've been rising on him all summer. I, I I like the talent a lot. It's yeah, it's just a matter of if they can get him the ball. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I hate to say it because I don't know how good he is at football, but Eric Ebron is <laughs> two years removed from being a top five tight end. So yeah, I, I mean, I I think he still can do that if he's in the right position. And I just don't I just don't know like Pitts with Pittsburgh like is Juju Smith Schuster can he do it on his own? You know, is Deontay Johnson going to take that leap forward? If you're kind of down on both of those guys, I think that you can kind of be up on Ebron. You can get it really late. Even if you're up on one of those guys, I think with tight end, you're kind of hoping they don't get doubled. Because mm-hmm. if they're getting one-on-ones, they're bullying oh, people yeah. over. Yeah, yeah. E- Ebron's a good enough athlete that he can he can take a couple hits on the on the way to a big reception. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think he's interesting, too. Uh, changing teams, I mean... Hers changed teams, and I like him, so yeah. it's not going to surprise you. I like Ebron, too. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not top 10 this year, mm-hmm. uh, like like our bet last <laughs> top year. Top 10 Ebron, yeah. Hey, you got injured. It could have happened. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, we, but, have a, we have an Ertz-Andrews bet, too, don't we? I just remembered that. What's the bet? It's just like it's like a bottle of bourbon or whatever. It's yeah. just whoever finishes higher. Oh, and that's, that's what I was mad about. I, I talked to these guys before this started. I, I moved Zach Ertz ahead, kind of hedging my bets. Got the bourbon on one and got my pride on the other. Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, everyone will be, everyone will be so concerned at the end of the year whether you had Ertz in three or four. <laughs> hey, all of our listener will care. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, I think completely unrelated, but uh, for listeners, I got a like and a reply from the Yahoo NFL pod today. I was very excited. Nice. They, hey. he, they've been doing... Um, They've been talking food, as I forget they call it, but they just, just kind of round out an hour of a pod. Yeah. And the one guy says, uh, Charles Robinson and Therese Paler, who are, I don't know, pretty, yeah. they'll get brought up for reports. And Therese Paler loves grilled cheese and jelly sandwiches. And I didn't know that was a thing. But Sam could hear the pod from downstairs, and he, Therese had talked Charles into trying it. And he was like, all right. I, he's like, here's what I did, and I got this Havarti. And Sam comes up the stairs and goes, Havarti, that's a great idea. I need to try that next time. I'm like, you've had those? She's like, yeah, they're great. So I tweeted I tweeted those guys about it. And, like, Charles sent back a couple responses to me. And I was like, 
This is this is the most famous I've ever been. You guys have blue check marks. Like, <laughs> but if you ever want your NFL questions asked, let me know because they they're pretty good about replying to people. So mm-hmm. I'm in now. <laughs> well, especially if you get a Havardian jelly take, I guess. I'm I'm interested in trying it honestly because I looked it up and like Food Network has recipes and stuff and yeah uh, no I, I could see it like you, you put a lot of fruit on different like cheese and cracker things so. yeah I just it makes sense the more you think about it but boy grilled cheese and jelly just <laughs> doesn't check one. out in it's my a, mind it's yeah. a weird one <laughs> yeah it doesn't doesn't really make sense but I mean I, I'll try anything once so. yeah tight ends tight ends oh Jack Doyle. <laughs> Talk about Jack Doyle. Oh, I just said I just said his name. Are we just um, Blake Jarwin. David Njoku breaking mean, out in his fifth year. He's the last guy. Him and Devontae kinda, Parker. He's the last guy I'd consider drafting, basically. Um, and, one, and that's the reason I have Hooper at fifteen instead of higher. It's yeah. just because I think that he can still, you know, there, there's always that game where just like random Browns backup or third string tight end catches a touchdown pass. Happens. We've had a lot of good tight ends. It used to be whatever Devalve or whatever. Seth Devalve. Yeah. Well, that was that was recent. That was only the past couple of years. We had Gary Barnage going off for a oh, while, yeah. and uh, who else was there? I I rostered. I Kelly Winslow. It. Well, well Junior. Yeah, Junior. Yeah. Yeah, but he's in jail now, so oh, well, forever. Actually, I think. Yeah, you hate to see it. Um, Sometimes that happens. And on that note. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I forget. Was his? No. Yeah. He, I think he raped. No, he raped um, mentally handicapped women. So mm. I don't think he's getting out anytime soon. So. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. Oh, yeah, don't, don't do that, kids. <laughs> so we're gonna move uh, seamlessly right on over to movies. Um, we watched Casino Royale two nights ago. Uh, it was my who knows how many times. Same for Mitchell. It, yeah. it was AJ's first time and also first James Bond movie. Oh, no. Second. Technically second. What was the other one? I saw Quantum of Solace. Oh, yeah. He saw him out of order and not... Boy, that must have been painful. It was a really good uh, four-hour Christopher... Or, I guess, five-hour Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but for me, it's one of my favorite James Bond movies. Uh, it was Daniel Craig's first movie. And for me, it, I guess doubly for me... It was coming off of Pierce Brosnan's run that I grew up on to some extent, and I was never really a fan of Pierce Brosnan. I think he was okay as James Bond. I think it was just more how I received the movies, how my dad received the movies, and kind of told me how to feel about them. Yeah. Um, But so coming into Daniel Craig, I thought he was really cool as the kind of rougher James Bond, not nearly as suave in this movie at least. Um, and the movie was a cool combo of spy and action of, they made, to me, a poker game interesting about really poker pun raising the stakes on just watching Texas Hold'em be played. (laughs) Um, and so it's always been one of my favorites. I think it came out and we were in about sixth grade. Um, but AJ, what'd you think of it? Your first time watching it? Uh, yeah, uh, it was pretty good. Um, I haven't really formulated my thoughts. I, I don't really think that I can really accurately judge it unless I see more of the bonds first and see how it stacks up against those. Cause it seems like a very self-contained universe. Like I don't just looking at it on its own individual merits. I think it's like a good movie, but I just don't know why I should care about any of it or 
I don't know. It's it's kind of fun. Uh, it's Martin Campbell, and I love the Mask of Zorro. He clearly knows how to shoot action and make that compelling. Um, I just, just a lot of the plot points I couldn't really follow or that didn't seem to make sense the first time through. And I thought the, the performances were good, but I think that pretty much everyone that's in that movie has given a better performance in another movie. Um, not Campbell's strength is not with actors. It's with how he shoots stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I thought it was pretty good. I don't, I don't really know what to feel about it. Mitchell, what'd you think coming back to it? So I, I will say that there are some things that I know having watched a bond movie, I knew how to feel. And I think they subverted some of those expectations pretty well. And AJ and I were talking about this. I think that's, Part of maybe where something was missing there. Um, but I, I really enjoyed the action. Um, I, I enjoy the poker game. I One of my favorite scenes, one of my favorite action scenes I, I've seen probably this year, I, I wouldn't say all time, but the uh, construction scene site with all the parkour, it's it's, it's still fun to rewatch. I know what's going to happen. And it, I mean, it, it does go on for a while, uh, maybe a little long into the embassy, but that first little bit when they're climbing up the crane and going up the worksite, that's that's really cool, really well shot, uh, a lot of fun to follow. Um, and I think if I were judging maybe like two-thirds of the movie, it's it's probably my favorite Bond movie. And it's just a, a movie I really love going back to. It, it does drag a little bit at the end, and I kind of forgot about that. Um, and in revisiting, it's like, yeah, well, I don't think this needed to be tacked on there. And while it does sync up well with the next movie, I think as a standalone movie it could have trimmed down a little bit. Yeah, two hours and 20 minutes is long for the story that they're trying to tell. I do yeah. think they could have cut it better, especially since Quantum of Solace is such a direct sequel to it, mm-hmm. um, that they could have figured out how to make both movies flow better together. Um, there's a couple places in Casino Royale you could say, hey, this this is the ending, and then it goes again. Yeah, uh, I agree with Mitchell. The construction scene is really well done. Um, they, the bad guy in the scene is a professional parkourist. And as far as I know, a lot of it was real stunts. I don't know how to say it. A lot of time they're real stunts, but like they were actually climbing up shit and it Mm. wasn't, uh, not heavily CGI'd. Um, I like all the action scenes. I like the bad guy. Um, but it does make sense that you, you review it differently within context of bond as a whole. Um, there's Sean, you know, you got Sean Connery movies, which go back and forth between, I'd say at the end, there's more serious ones than goofy ones. Sometimes they still have elements of goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, like I love Goldfinger. That's probably my second favorite. And yeah. it's a pretty, it's pretty straightforward. There's a, there's a laser beam in it, but only as a torture device, not even as like something like really. Okay. Nice. So, so here's, here's a question I've got okay. for you. And this is. Related, but maybe a little out there. Where do you have the Austin, like the first Austin Power movie in terms of Bond movies? I don't know which Austin Powers is which. I've seen a lot of Austin Powers, but never, never straight through. And I don't know which one's which. I, read... um, I mean, the first and second one are pretty similar, so I understand why that maybe <laughs> would get a little, a little confusing. Um, I think Goldfinger, Goldmember, sorry. I think that kind of stands out a little bit because it's a little older. The villain's very different. Um, the first one, I want to say, is where the girl 
like the the lead is a. Uh... Oh wait, no, that's part of the second one. <laughs> See, uh, <laughs> so I don't know. I wouldn't be good to review and compare because I just don't have a great uh, memory of. I like one and two a fair bit. So even though I kind of mix them up, I, I think both are pretty funny. Uh, but I remember one. I, I remember liking one a bit more. Okay. Um, yeah. you, no, all I was going to say was that, you know, once you get to Roger Moore, I love um, The Spy Who Loved Me out of his, I guess, run of movies. And that one's a little goofy. It introduces Jaws, but it's not Moonraker Jaws, where it's just a complete joke. It's still him as, like, an imposing henchman. Um, I didn't see that. I think Timothy Dalton only had one or two movies. And then Pierce Brosnan is what really set them on the path of getting back to Dan- the Daniel Craig movies is that his got so over the top by the end that they needed like hard reset back. Yeah. And I think not for you not having seen any James Bonds is um, golden eye is w- well remembered and it's, it's pretty good. I think our generation is a little biased because a lot of people is their first James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, I mean, by the time you get to um, die another day, is I think the last Brosnan one, and he's better. It was it never say never again or well no it was die, I think it was die another day. Okay, but all of them. I mean, he's like doing these ridiculous surfing stunts, and he has an invisible car, and there's ice palaces, and like to go from that, take a few years off, and you come back to this one, which is pretty solidly grounded. Mm-hmm. Uh, was to me really nice. <laughs> yeah. um, so. I think I will maybe watch some of them one day it, it's not at like the top of my priority list but like just a, a franchise that's that long running with that many different leads and you know an expansive cast and still tries to stay within one contained universe i'm always very interested by that no matter how varying the quality of the films may be i think so, yeah and i think some stand alone better than some others like yeah. there's some that you can really enjoy if you've really delved into it. it's like oh man uh, man with the golden guns, fun. You get to just see it. Because it has Christopher and... Lee with three nipples. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, I wouldn't recommend that to any, anyone. Yeah. Man with the golden guns, amuse- I, I, it's an amusing it's, it's one. It's weird, it's weird. Um, I, I, you know, I pulled up the releases here, and the Sean Connery ones, actually, I mean, From Russia With Love, I believe, is very well received. Yeah. Goldfinger, very well received. Um, Dr. No is the very first one, and it's... I don't think they quite knew what they're doing with themselves, but it also sets up some of those plot points end up being picked up later. James Bond's weird with his continuity, uh, continuity of which arcs are what movies are standalone. Mm-hmm. Here's a James Bond movie, and here what's an arc? Yeah. Um, but as soon as you get to Roger Moore, Live and Let Die has voodoo magic. Moonraker t- is in space, like it's so goofy. Is that a Star Wars cover? Um, Octopussy. No, Moonraker? No. Uh, oh, like a spoof on it? Yeah. Maybe? But. I mean, it um, looks like a lot of, you know, it's, 70s, 80s. It kind of, Leia, actually, when you can see Jaws floating at him. <laughs> Jaws gets a girlfriend in that movie who uh-huh. also has metal teeth, I think. Of course, of course. Um, I watched these. I watched a lot of these growing up. Um, but then you get to, I think A View to Kill is the Timothy Dalton one. Which was like, I thought you were just bullshitting when there was one called "Never Say Never Again." I, I was like, "There's no way there's a movie called that." Oh, there is. I, I guess look at Octopussy right before. Well, I mean, I, but, I, but I know about that. Um, no, but look at. I mean, look how crazy it gets with. I think their time, 
movie titles is bizarre with Tomorrow Never Dies, Die Another Day, We're Getting No Time to Die Here Soon. But you, I mean, is it, <laughs> are these Die Hard movies or James Bond movies? Yeah, really. Um, but overall, I think you could pick out a handful and, and find them to be very quality movies, and you could probably pick out another handful that are just terribly hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's what's, that's part of the fun is that it's, it started in 1962. They're still going strong. Like, yeah. Um, so, all right. Check out Casino Royale if you haven't seen it. I think AJ that, didn't hate it, and me and Mitchell like it. So. That, that's one of the few <laughs> that I would still recommend. Like, e- even though there are some like little in in moments, I guess you could say. I, I still think as a standalone movie, it's you, a good you're gonna introduction. Enjoy the, yeah, you're going to enjoy the action. There's there's some fun spy thriller parts. It's it's a pretty it's a fairly easy watch up until. The last a little bit. Yeah, I will. Um, say, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's it's all. I really as far as say. easy watch with AJ saying he didn't track the plot 100. percent That's a very fair critique. I certainly didn't the first time around, but I also and maybe that's coming off of other James Bond movies. At least there was more intricacy to it than just like yeah. Here's the bad guy. Go kill him. Essentially, yeah. Of, I didn't mind. It, there was just, politics involved and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so. I, I didn't really have a complaint until. I felt like the movie ended like four or five yeah. times. Yeah. That was really my only big complaint. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, moving on from that, uh, just into more generic movie news. AMC announced they're open up uh, at the end of August. It's confirmed that Ohio theaters are opening. I, you know, in all the forums I've seen, everybody's like, "Well, that's dumb. Like, go go enjoy COVID." I can't think of a better like s- separation. I, I, I think there's something to it. I. Stop short of, like, really, really wanting to go in. Um, especially because we don't have a lot of the big releases mm-hmm. yet. I think there are a couple of releases that, you know, if, if everything works out, I'd be, I'd be happy to go to. I, I don't need to see Goonies or um, something like that because you can always watch it at home, still get a good experience. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm nervous. I'm nervous to go back. Uh, I think that I'll, I'll risk it for something like Tenet, uh, but... Stopping much short of that, I don't. I, I I wonder how long it'll take me to feel comfortable getting in there. I would just feel a lot more comfortable there than I would anywhere like, like we've done back porch a couple times. Even there, you're, yeah, yeah. Which I don't feel again. Like I maybe I, I probably I probably should. I think the perfect answer is you stay home. But I to me, it's like you go out with acceptable risks and a movie theater. They said every other row will be full and within that you're going the groups will be separated. Yeah, I think and you I can just do it. I don't see where the huge spread is going to be. It's not like the popcorn is communal or anything like that. Like Right. Uh, well, I don't I wouldn't get popcorn, but bad. well, also we're not going <laughs> to but yeah. I mean, still your your wor- your worst bet is like in the bathroom or something, but I mean, you're you're kind of sitting in a hot box for 2 to 3 hours with minimal air circulation. That's and... I mean, that's the big thing. Um, cause I, like with friends, I kind of know what's going on at a place like back porch. It's a little tight, but at least we're outside. Air's, air's good. In a movie theater, you're kind of stuck in a, in a little, little box for a long time. Yeah. I guess I didn't consider air circulation. I don't know the science behind what is, how, I mean, how, I don't know the spread of it. I think so, it's fine. I just... I think it will be fine. I think my issue with it is, do I really want to risk it for older movies? Yeah, yeah. No, and that's fair. I'm not going to blame anyone for not wanting to risk it. 
I'm excited, A, because it's, it's something to do where I don't feel at risk because I have yeah. I do feel cooped up, but I haven't gone to – like I haven't out, been out to a bar at night. I don't think – I might forget Not that. But, yeah, I haven't – I've been trying to stay away yeah, for like, the most part. And so to me, like I said, it's an acceptable risk to me that I just mm-hmm. – I, I want to go do something and a movie seems pretty safe. But I was talking to AJ about it. I love seeing any movie I never got the chance to see in theaters, so – Empire Strikes Back's coming, Goonies coming, which Goonies isn't like a huge theater need, but I've, I've since got to see Lion King, original Lion King, Jurassic Park, um, Jaws, Alien. Like I've tried to check out, yeah. check off a lot yeah. of movies I like, and mm-hmm. they're bringing those back. New Mutants is allegedly coming out um, in a couple weeks. I'd like to see that. I wish Bill and Ted was going to be in theaters. I love the original. I thought um, they were on a 50-50. That's, uh, oh, you're right. I misread that. So Bill and Ted. Yeah, 50-50. I don't know if that's quite going to make our market. We'll see. Yeah. 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 Uh, we can watch it. Kingsman. Yeah. I still need to see Kingsman 2. I guess it doesn't really matter for this movie, but I like Kingsman 1 a lot. I heard Kingsman 2 was bad. but Yeah, I don't know. I don't like them. Um, then, then we're pushing into September, October. I'm, I'm, hy- I'm hyped for Kajillionaire. I'll have to take a look so at that one. That's um, Miranda July... Uh, she, she's made movies like Me and You and Everyone We Know, and she was in Madeline's Madeline, one of my favorite movies of two years ago, and that got pretty good reviews coming out of Sundance this year, so I'm I like Gina that. Rodriguez and Evan Rachel Wood, so. Yep, they're both good. There you go. Um, we got Wonder Woman 1984 coming, um, we've got Tenet, we've got No Time to Die, we've got Black Widow. A soul, um, mm-hmm. you know. AJ might know some of the lesser known movies, um, like Clifford the Big Red Dog, <laughs> um, uh, Candyman. Yeah. I didn't see the original Candyman. I apparently there's only a there's pretty good reviews. B there's only like three deaths in that movie. Yeah. Um, I, I like when a horror movie kind of takes its time and doesn't yes try and like it's a, throw a bunch of bodies at you. Yes, yeah. and that's a Peel produced. So oh. Okay. Yeah, so you know, you know that there's going to be some good supervision on that one. So, big question, guys. Since theaters mm-hmm. now uh, opening up, mm-hmm. are you going to pay thirty dollars on top of your Disney Plus uh, subscription to watch Mulan? No, I'm not. So, because it'll probably be there in four months, five months, probably. Yeah. We've got a family vacation coming up. My cousins really want to, which we are testing before. I would like to, but my cousins would really like. I think like to see it because it was a meme at one point that when we were younger we went on family vacation and somehow everyone forgot their DVD case and all we had was Milan. We watched <laughs> Milan like forty seven times in a week, so we were joking about getting it. I'm like, I don't want to buy it. I don't want to support that. Yeah. Sam's in. She's like, fine, I'll watch it by myself. I don't know. Like, and part of me feels like it's just going to come out on Disney Plus regular probably in six months or something. Yeah. Like, well, it's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just, I mean, I understand why they're doing it the way that they're doing it because if you're in a household full of people that want to watch it, it's probably only going to be like five or six bucks a person. Yeah. Right. I guess the only thing I'll push back on is no one's put it, put their movie out for that much money. Exactly. And I'm looking at a bunch of free movies that I can watch and fill time with. Exactly. Yeah, like why does your movie deserve to cost more than you know ten dollars more as just a rent so basically the it's kind of like a hybrid 
rental purchase situation and that you only have it on your Disney Plus as long as you have Disney Plus. Yeah. So if you ever discontinue your account for any moment, it's, it's gone. Forever. You don't own it. Yeah. So, I mean, most movies, even when they're like brand new, when they're out on iTunes, it costs about 20 bucks to buy them probably. So you're not even getting the full rights of buying it. And also you have to pay 10 more dollars. So I'm, I'm with, I mean, I'm, it, I see it from both ends. I'm not going to support that. The sort of inflation that's going into that. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a permanent thing. I, at least I, I hope, hope it not. isn't. Well, that's the other I thing. Is I'd, rather it, of money, I'd rather it fail so that they keep supporting the theater model. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah, I, I enjoy going to the theater. Um, also, Dune coming out December 18th. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was going to come out this year. So I'm mm-hmm. excited to see that. I'm excited to see all of us on screen. I think pretty much everybody has ever made is in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> just the cast list is just insane. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it's it's considered one of the, the biggest sci-fi books of all time, right? No one's yeah. been able to oh, quite yeah. get it right. Well, there was one attempt and it failed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No one's got it right. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, so I'm looking forward to that just as, yeah, kind of a sci-fi fan. Yeah, well, we should do, um, when that comes out, assuming that everything is still fine and we're still good to go. Um, we should we should uh, watch all the Bill News and do like a ranking. Yeah, well that means we get to watch twenty forty nine again. Mm, I've already <laughs> seen it once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like that. I was actually considering buying that one. I would like to rewatch it. Um, but what do you get? The Revenant? No, that's oh, that's not to. Not to. Yeah, yeah. You got a uh, Sicario. Ooh. You got yeah, a, you haven't a, seen that, have you? No, I've seen it. It's good. Oh, okay. Um, Arrival, which is like my it. favorite of his. Uh, Prisoners, Enemy, which is another one I love. Um, trying to think of some others. And he's, he's got some other ones. And I've only seen Arrival ones. once. That would definitely benefit of. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it deserves a rewatch. Arrival. The first time I watched it, I was like, "What the hell is going on?" And the second time I watched it, the entire second half. Through, I was just like in tears. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I still, there's still a part of me that doesn't process how the plot twists mm-hmm. affects the movie. I don't know if this makes sense, yeah. but um, definitely something worth a rewatch. Something I still, it's weird. It's just you like, you get it, but it changes your whole perspective of the movie. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot. Yeah. And that's how watching the second time through a, totally different lens kind yeah. of helps that yeah um but yeah i'd be in for that yeah um, and, and, and all you got and if and whenever tenet comes out all you've got is following an insomnia right and then we can do a full memento memento mm-hmm. god i've not seen memento yeah but um i'm i'm in for that they the part of the problem is they pulled them all off netflix a while back yeah that's true mm-hmm. um and i just i'm i sure i could find a stream but it's just it's easy yeah. when it's just on netflix yeah, um right right but actually, I see West Side Story here, which just I watched in the Heights trailer like every once every few weeks because I really like that trailer. Yeah. Or oh, I just thought that was in the Heights. I guess in a rule. Yeah, no, that is West Side. Story. So yeah, in the Heights, they just pushed to next summer. Okay, yeah, that's uh, smart. And I still need to watch Hamilton actually because we have the Disney Plus subscription. Oh so. yeah, Hamilton's very good. Yeah, so lots of movies coming out. You know, hit us up with your uh, questions or if you want to join in on watching something with us. Hot takes, we always love them. <laughs> Finally, we are jumping into our bracket of the week. I say finally, but hot takes obviously are coming after. But we are doing soda slash pop slash soda pop slash Coke slash really it's kind of a a fountain drink uh, bracket is what we're looking at. Um, 
but we're starting. Uh, the reason I say fountain drink, and it's actually the number one seed here on the random generator. Uh, but we included iced tea, like the brisk Nestle iced tea you'll get out of the fountain or in a can. I feel like you see that in the cooler at a lot of parties. Yeah. Yeah. Same with um, like a Minute Maid lemonade, something like that. Yeah. yeah. You can order those at a fast food restaurant. Like you can order all these. Yeah. yeah. So uh, number one seed is the iced tea matched up with Fresca, the 16 seed. I To me, I like the iced tea in a can a lot. Fresca is a great mixer. I think... Mm-hmm. Straight up, I'd probably pick iced tea, but I don't know. The implications are tough here. So the implications I, are. Tough. I'm I'm kind of ambivalent right now. Yeah. Do you want to go down that path, Ryan? Do you want to be the first one to choose a non-soda? I'm tempted to. <laughs> I just want to hear your takes. If it's just too, AJ just said he's voting against iced tea flat out. So yes, that's correct. Uh, Mitchell, where do you fall? Are you? What, yeah. One of my criteria is it must be carbonated. So. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I should have put a raspberry lemonade. Ooh. I mean, this just feels like an 8-9. This doesn't feel like a one sixteen. It's not a one sixteen, but that's how the bracket generator are, works. These are two that I'm not going to be... No, they're not going far. I, I'll, I'll say Fresca. I'll stick with my... Uh, I, I don't really like iced tea, to be quite frank, and I know that's kind of a weird take, but... It, it's something that varies wildly from place to place, I think. Yeah. It, as far as... A lot of different flavors. A yeah, lot, of, lot of very different flavors. I like tea at some places, and I don't like it at other places, so... That's fair. I'll go with the consistency and the carbonation of Fresca. Okay. All right. Then, moving on from there, the 8-9 matchup, which is actually a good matchup. Diet Coke versus Mountain Dew. That's good. Um, I'm easily Diet Coke. That is one of my most go-to drinks. Hmm. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I just... I mean, I guess if you asked me this 10 years ago, wouldn't even be a question. <laughs> it'd be Mountain Dew, and I probably would have already had five that day or whatever. I was never a big Mountain Dew guy. I like um, some of the offshoots better. Um, we crushed some Mountain Dews. It was, a, it was a gaming staple, yeah. but like... I mean, but yeah, it was, it, was just, it was also just an us staple. We would just crush Dews <laughs> in the basement. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm more of a Dew guy than a Diet Coke guy. I, it's not... I just... Yeah. No, Diet Coke, yeah. I said if you asked me 10 years oh, ago, okay. I would say yeah. Mountain Dew because Sweet. I didn't really let me finish right. my point. My point is that today, if you ask me right now, I drink Diet Coke. Plenty. Something else Diet Coke has going for it is it's thousands of Americans are addicted to it. So Yeah. Also, <laughs> like, you, you got the sugarless mixer for your drink. You get drunk yep. a little faster. And I, yeah, sure. I like the taste almost maybe better yeah. than, than regular Coke. Uh, uh, I don't know about that, but it's good. But uh, then we've got, well, one of my takes is we go into the 413. It's Pepsi Sprite. I compared, my two favorites are Diet Coke and regular Pepsi when we're looking at that hmm. area of the world. Okay. Uh, the Colas. Um, and I don't know why. I don't know how you describe the four tastes of them, but that's yeah. fine. Um, but Pepsi Sprite, uh, a lot of these are pretty clear cut for me, at least in the first round. I'm mm-hmm. going Sprite. Yeah, Sprite, no doubt. Yeah, Pepsi. No doubt. Uh, yeah, Pepsi's okay, but like it just feel like it leaves me with a weird feeling in my mouth. I don't know. Sprite's just Sprite's just the go to, the ultimate mixer. It's yeah. in everything. It's 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 great. Ultimate it's mixer. Great. It was strangely. I remember when I played football. It was always the thing I craved on like a hot. Oh, During a hot workout, because I wanted a Sprite, which wouldn't have helped, but, you know, it sounded delicious. <laughs> sure use a Sprite. I'm <laughs> yeah, even the, even the brain just likes Sprite. Like, um, so we got our 512 um, root beer versus grape soda. 
Don't love this one, guys. I don't love this one either. <laughs> I have to go root beer just because a root beer floats. I think because yeah. I like those a lot. <laughs> I thought I, I think I think Mitch like I drove Mitchell over here, but I think that he would walk home if I voted for grape soda. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna I, vote root beer. I don't even hate grape soda, but I I genuinely like root beer. That's one of the four sodas I'll still drink. So. Yeah, root beer is the toilet of this bracket for Mitchell. He's in a carry. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna run into a brick wall next round. <laughs> it's going up against Sprite. I mean, that's a tough, that's a tough matchup. Uh, root beer. Shane loves root beer, and Samantha. I think those are both their favorite sodas. Um, so if you guys but, don't like root beer, then I I, I know exactly where this next one's going. Yeah, it's it's, it's yes, just like <laughs> I, I think that that's but that's a common thing. Like if you like root beer, it's like your favorite soda. Yeah. But like but like other than that, you're just like. Either lukewarm on it or you just don't like it at all. Yeah. Like, there's not really an in-between with root beer. No, and I think there are some, like, if you take it to some cultures even, like entire countries of people, mm -hmm. uh, there's a medicine that tastes a lot like root beer. Yeah, and, Fafarilla. And people, people just don't, people don't like it over in uh, Asia. I, the thing about root beer to me is that, like, the best root beer would get, like, a 6 out of 10, but the worst root beer would get, like, a 5 out of 10. So it's just, like, whatever. Like, Agreed. There's root beer. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> uh, so our 2-15 uh, matchup is Cream Soda and Baja Blast. Oh, yeah. This is actually a difficult one for me, and I'll just go ahead and talk because I know where this is going. Um, I, I think Cream Soda is, like, the second-tier root beer. It's, like, a good, creamy, little bit darker soda. Probably a soda. I mean, it has its, it's in the name. It's more soda than half of these. It's more soda than a lemonade. I, I don't know. I like it a lot, and I think it's another thing that goes really well in a uh, float. Um, that being said, I think Baja Blast is something that's pretty universally enjoyed, and I yeah, Ryan doesn't even have to. Yeah, but yeah, put it in. yeah, cream soda. My take is I don't like it, so yeah. I'm going Baja Blast. Yeah, it's not good on its own. I don't think I like Baja a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fair. Also, Baja Boom, shout out from Agios. Love those things. Uh, and also, I remember, I think it was Jake Alser. I don't think it was Dan. But I remember the first year they released them in stores. I went to get a case from Kroger. And Jake said, I've never seen something sell faster. He said, like, we'll just get a crate or whatever, a skid of them in. And they'll just be gone that same day. <laughs> it was awesome. It was just Love us buying it. them. Oh. Uh, the 7-10 matchup is ginger, ginger Ale and Lemonade. Yes, um, this is this is one of the more accurate, se accurately seated ones. I think I, I'd agree with that. Um, I think you'd find if three person uh, voting is not going to do much, but I think you find a pretty good split on it. Uh, yeah, I would easily go lemonade, but I know you guys wouldn't. I I think that if you would ask the majority of people and you didn't tell tell them that this was a soda bracket, you said which do you enjoy more, lemonade or ginger ale? Most people are going to say lemonade. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that being said, this is a soda bracket. Now I'm going to pick ginger ale because it's a great yeah. mixer and it tastes pretty good. And it has yeah. carbonation. And yeah, carbonation. and it has carbonation, and I like it. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, this, well, no, it's not stuff. So, the th I think 314 matchup with Coke and Dr. Pepper. Wow. Now. It's two heavyweights getting paired together in the first round. Not a heavyweight. Uh, Dr. Pepper is my toilet of this competition. Um, oh, that's right. You don't know. like Dr. Pepper. Or, <laughs> oh, you do like Dr. Pepper. It is my, it is my, oh, not, okay. not in the toilet, <laughs> the toilet. <laughs> so I, feel like it's, I feel like the analogy should be the recliner then. <sighs> Yeah, but he thinks it's a surprise pick, but I'm going to surprise you and say it's yeah. not a surprise pick. It's not, a, it's not that it's a yeah. surprise pick. I think the recliner was just easily agreed versus okay. Mitchell was standing the toilet hard. <laughs> I'll stand Dr. Pepper to the bitter oh, end. It's my I favorite, so it's my favorite yeah, it's soda. So. It's yeah. a good soda. 
Coke's the classic, but I think Dr. Pepper. DDP, all actually, Dr. Pepper might be older than Coke. Really? Like, also, on yeah. on Ranker, which is where I was pulling some of these from, Dr. Pepper's number one. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. I uh, Quick aside, I don't think Riley listens to the pod, but Josh was there this night, which I don't think he listens to the pod. So, but, so maybe it's a new story. Um, the second time ever I think I got drunk was up at Ohio State with Riley and Josh for the Ohio State-Michigan State game when we lost... Ten to seven, I think. Ten to oh, six. Yeah. Ten tough. to three. It was that, terrible. It was a tough game. But um, we went to Cane's afterwards. It was my first Cane's journey, and I got a I got a Dr Pepper there. And Riley told me to hang on to it because we use it as a mixer. And I, bring, I brought it back, poured a bunch of vodka in there, and I got drunk really easy, obviously. And I was proclaiming that I had discovered the twenty fourth flavor of Dr Pepper. <laughs> all <laughs> the vodka, vodka. <laughs> <laughs> in the drink. Um, Love to see that. But then finally, for the first round, we get the 6-11 matchup. It's Orange Soda versus Cherry Pepsi. Uh, Wild Cherry Pepsi, I think, was the specific name for Correct. it. Correct. Um, sure. We picked Cherry Pepsi to give Pepsi two contributions to this. Um, and also, I feel like Cherry Pepsi was the most popular of the flavored offshoots. Yeah, uh, Maybe probably. Vanilla Coke. But I really liked Cherry Pepsi. It had the grenadine taste to it, which is the superior drink. I think if you're going to make a cherry cola... Just pouring grenadine into a regular Coke is delicious because it's really cherry flavored. Okay. Versus the cherry Coke tastes more like Coke. And to me, cherry Pepsi, great cherry flavor. So sure. that's getting my vote. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, it's going to get my vote as well because... You hate after, fruit? No. Oh, wait, no. It's cherry and orange. Never mind. <laughs> no, I... Um, at a point in my life, I probably would have picked orange soda, but it's kind of fallen. It's kind of fallen it's, for me. Yeah, it's just tough. Like, it's... It's very hard to fit into your routine. It's it's orange soda is only one of those things I get. I don't know, probably twice a year when I'm just like really craving it. But like sure. wild cherry Pepsi, I can get that shit anytime. It's just good. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing with orange soda, and it's I don't know, it's tough to say in a soda bracket, but orange soda is the worst. Mountain Dew and orange soda are the worst for your body. But orange soda, I remember getting the like eat this not that book. A bottle, a sixteen ounce thing of Fanta has more sugar than like. 17 chips ahoy cookies or something like that it's absolutely it's like 72 yeah. grams of sugar in a orange fanta bottle Jeez. it's, it's absurd i mean that's uh, probably why it tastes like sugar uh flavored pixie stick yeah really well because like and i think like, i want to say a coke is like 32 or something so like it's absurd how much and, and, and um, mountain dew is up in the 60s i want to say oh yeah pretty high orange soda is next level like it's yeah. so much <laughs> grape soda is also not great for you i'm assuming it's the exact same recipe <laughs> with different food coloring things, yeah. <laughs> do well, you guys remember the fanta video that played before the movies at rave back in like yeah back in yeah. junior high it was like oh, yeah. the four girls it stuck in my head a lot still don't you want that yeah they have a fanta in that plaster drink some fanta faster faster okay yeah yeah they have it there the thing you can pick one of the million flavors that they have strawberry whatever sure yeah if you ever want to die but uh, (laughs) do you guys know what is not unhealthy for you and is even used in medicine yes something (laughs) losing in the next round (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah moving into the second round we've got fresca and diet coke as the 16 to 8 matchup this is the ultimate diet matchup it's the ultimate mixer matchup to me because I mean, Sprite and Fresca are pretty similar. We already ditched one of the best. I guess we could run into Diet Coke Sprite next round, actually. So, good. We could. A Fresca, if you do it like a Fresca cranberry vodka, a little more flavor than the Sprites. It's delicious. Okay. I'll try it. I mean, it's Fresca's nice and refreshing, and I, I'm 
I don't know if I'm surprising you guys with this. I don't actually like Diet Coke. Um, so I, I would pick Fresca. It's got Fresca. a very distinct taste. Yeah. It does. I, I think Fresca is one of the few that's kind of light, refreshing. Don't feel bad after drinking it. Yeah. yeah. Um, j- just b- before I talk about this, just reminiscing on the last round, because Mitchell did bring up a good point. Coke <laughs> is probably, like, standard regular Coke is probably, like, a top five for me. So that oh, being mm. out in the first round is not... It's just just the utility of it. It's just like, it's yeah. just so easy. It's such an easy go-to. And especially, like, maybe if we're thinking about Coke, maybe if it's, like, Coke from McDonald's, maybe it's a little bit <laughs> higher. But, yeah. No, I, on this one, I'm going Diet Coke. I think yeah. Fresca's fine, but, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. going Diet Coke, too, and I don't feel bad about Coke because... Straight up, I'm picking Diet Coke every time, so it doesn't really matter that Coke lost. <laughs> Coke I, I think they're pretty significantly different. I think the uh, yeah. difference in taste between just the sugar and the aspartame. Aspartame, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's. I think it makes a big difference. Yeah, a, a lot of the diet sodas try to just be a like a watered down version of the regular one, but I think you're right. I think if if any of them are distinct in their taste, it's Coke and Diet Coke. Yeah, just never been on the Coke train since like cut out the uh, amphetamines from them. Fair play. Um, 13-5 matchup is Sprite Root Beer. Um, unfortunately, it's pretty... <laughs> I get it. I Not get unfortunately, it. it's kind it's of funny. Like the way of the <laughs> Mitchell, Mitchell's picks have just had a rough run of it so far in the, the bracket games, but um, I think Sprite's moving on pretty easily. Honestly, I, I've, me and AJ. I've got no complaints about Sprite moving on. I would personally pick Root Beer, but Sprite is one of the sodas I will... I will you know, vote for. Yeah, Sprite's going to be a, a heavyweight contender. Even We're actually going to have our, This yeah. is going to be our most f- solid final four, I think. I feel like this is probably our quickest go-through, so it, it at least feels like it's flowing pretty well. Well, it was clear-cut early, I, but I think it's going to lead to a tougher... Yeah, I think the I, final, at least, is going to be very tough. I, I think I already kind of know where it's going to be going. Yeah. Um, I, could see, I could see two from one side of the bracket moving in. We'll see. Uh, so next up, 15-7, Baja Blast in Ginger Ale. I made mine's clear as Baja. Yeah. But I don't know where yeah. you guys are going to fall. You guys like ginger ale. I, I do like ginger ale. Um, it's available more places, but, uh, you know, if, if I were to be offered a ginger ale and a Baja Blast, I'm taking Baja Blast every Absolutely. time. Right. Totally agree. Baja Blast. Uh, not as good of a mixer. Ginger ale, I love Moscow mules, but. Well, that's um, ginger beer. That is yeah. slightly different. It's got a bit more what, spice. Oh, still. does it? Yeah. Interesting. Didn't know that. I just don't care about the ginger world, so. Well, that's right. Learn the intricacies. Which I drink a lot of. Juice. You're just a root man. <laughs> Give me all your yeah, root sodas. Uh, and then the eleven fourteen matchup, or fourteen eleven, I should say. We have Dr Pepper and Cherry Pepsi. This is the toughest one for me so far, just because I like them a lot. But like I said, Dr Pepper is the toilet of my <laughs> soda, so I'm picking Dr Pepper. Yeah, I'm sure in one of those 23 ingredients, Dr Pepper's got a root in it, so I think that's maybe his decision. Cherries, cherry plants have roots. Sure, Dr Pepper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dr Pepper already kind of tastes like cherry-ish, anyways, and so I did think that Dr Pepper is just a better version of cherry Pepsi. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so then we're in the final four. Uh, we have eight. 13 between Diet Coke and Sprite. Uh, a really good matchup. It's tough. It's tight. I've already tipped my hand on this, yeah. so if you guys want to discuss. Uh, I'm going Diet Coke on this one. Um, I think diet, I drink more plain Diet Coke than I do Sprite. Okay, um, mixers, it's more split down the middle, but a rum and Coke's one of my favorite mixed drinks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that's where I kind of lean. 
Um, yeah, I, at this point in the bracket, getting trying to pare these down, I'm kind of thinking if if I the the soda that we end up picking or the pop we end up picking is going to be the only pop that I drink for the rest of my life. So I want oh. it to have the most. I mean, I'm I'm just trying to I'm just trying to differentiate. differentiate. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. fine. That makes it even more clear cut to me, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but 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 also for me, I want the versatility of the fact that Sprite can go with pretty much any sort of liquor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good to drink on its own. It's just it goes in a lot of juices. It's just variable. It's very it's um, very like neutral kind of, but the lemon and lime kind of brings a brightness to it. Uh, I'm going. I'm going Sprite. Mm. I, I think Sprite could win it all. Yeah, no, Sprite's my uh, my pick for sure. Uh, great soda, and uh, I am not a 40 year old woman trying to lose weight. Wow! <laughs> wow! The gauntlet's been thrown. Ladies Mitchell's and gentlemen. last appearance Boom. on the pod. He not only does it like he hates it. Apparently. Goodbye. Um, okay, no, so just, let me. Yeah, I don't like anything. No, I just I, I hate Ryan. Feels wrong. Um, four, 15 14 matchup, uh, Baja Blast and Dr. Pepper. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, who wants to say it first? I mean, I mean, Baja Blast, good run, but it's, it's DP. Yeah, DP. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, then that brings us to the final. Kind of thought that this is where this was going to go. This is going to be tough. I, I thought maybe you guys might have gone for Baja Blast. I'm not sure. So 13 Sprite, 14 Dr. Pepper in the championship matchup. 13. i'm easily dr pepper my case for it is it's my favorite plain soda um i think it still has its uses like you can still put rum with dr pepper in fact captain morgan tattoo tasted exactly (laughs) like dr pepper it was great you drink it on its own you can mix it not drink the rum not taste the rum um and again sprite i like it a lot i like it i like it plain i like it mixed but it's just as far as its flavor goes AJ calling it kind of a neutral flavor to me is a negative matching up against Dr. Pepper. So, yeah, I think I've completely lost my credibility after I, after my last little little bit there. So, uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'm going to say Dr. Pepper. I like both of these. So these are probably two of my favorites. Um, you know, I, I'd probably throw root beer in that group, but aside from root beer, I, I think these are the two best. I think we, uh, we nerd it down well. And I think Dr. Pepper just by a little bit, I, I like that darker, heavier flavor a little bit more, even though, I mean, I like Sprite for its light flavor and I think it nails that and it's perfect. You can drink it in more opportunities, but when I want a Dr. Pepper, I don't, I don't want the other stuff on this list. I want a Dr. Pepper. Yeah. And I I don't want to get too far off the Captain Morgan thing real quick, just because (laughs) a little known fact about me is that every time I go into a liquor store when I'm browsing or whatever, I always look at the Captain Morgan section extensively, hoping that there's going to be this tattoo thing that Ryan always talks Dude, about. Oh, okay, so it's just because of my hype. Yeah. Of it. Have you talked to Shane about it or like anybody that had had it? I don't know. I don't think so. So, tattoo came out right... I don't know when it came out, but I discovered it right before I turned 21. I remember seeing it at a liquor store in Columbus, but that was before you had told me about it. Okay, so it tasted like decarbonated Dr. Pepper. Mm-hmm. And it was absurd because it looked like black tar. Exactly. Like crack or whatever. Yeah. And it was it was one of those things like looping Louie where I'd, I'd pull out of the freezer and I'd pour everybody shots. I'm like, you don't need a chaser for this. And everybody protests. I'm like, taste this. Yeah. And they'd taste it and they'd go, holy shit. And then it was gone like two years later. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, they have all these like weird fruit flavored ones. I like they have like a watermelon one. So I'm kind of, I'm like... I wonder if there's like a resurgence of these things, and I keep thinking the tattoos are there. It's never there. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this has already been decided. It's already a, a two vote. I think 
I I love Dr. Pepper. I I still think that just based on my principle that I laid out that I would have to go Sprite. Uh, but I'm trying to think of a Mitchell-esque dig at Sprite. I don't have anything yet, but we'll get there. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm it's not just... a blonde bimbo trying to get a vodka Sprite at a bar. Or something <laughs> like that. I just, Except yeah. I ordered vodka Sprite cranberry last time I was at uh, the draft, so <laughs> maybe I'm a 40-year-old blonde bimbo. I don't know. I just love Sprite. Like if, like if my if my stomach's not feeling great, that's a go-to for that. Coke yeah. is good for that, too, though. Yeah, it's, it's just a good utility soda. I would go with Sprite, but I'm happy with Dr. Pepper winning. It's, I, I think I agree. I think that those are probably my top two. So yeah, I think the final four were my f- would have been my four picks. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you lost. You lost root beer. I think. Yeah, I don't think anything that I was very happy with those four. I don't uh, know why I took out my frustrations with root beer not going anywhere on doc or uh, on diet coke, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <that's cool>. I, <laughs> um, I loved yeah. it. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I, I still again just the utility factor of coke. I just. I, I feel like it would be disingenuous for me to vote Coke over Baja Blast if it would have got to that point because I just drink a lot more Coke. So, yeah, yeah. But I, I'm not I'm fine with it. So, as usual, we're going to close out with hot takes. Uh, we're going to uh, kick off with AJ, who's got a lukewarm take. Is that... No, no, no. I, I, I kind of have mixed it up. Okay. I, I've, I've got two quick ones. So, my first one is my main one, and that I've been going to a lot of different breweries recently. We had a whole weekend, a couple weekends ago, we tried a bunch of seltzers. I just think for alcohol in general, people just stop trying to put 16 ingredients in something. Just keep it simple. You know, your IPA doesn't have to have like, you know, like pineapple shavings and like all this other bullshit in it. Just keep it simple. It'll, you know, it's beer. It'll be good. You don't have to fuck with it too much. Same with seltzers. Like, the, like putting more than two flavors. I was going to say, this is a direct attack at platform seltzers. <laughs> yeah, platform <laughs> seltzers are garbage because they all, they, they, all, they all have five flavors and they end up melting into one bad flavor. Yeah, just like, every last one of the Yeah, ones. just go one or two at most. You don't need to put, like, lemongrass or, like, lavender or some other bullshit in anything. Just keep it simple. One or two, three max things if it's a beer or if it's a seltzer, two max. Um, so, yeah, just keep it simple, people. Just keep it simple. I will award you the status of take on that one. Okay. I don't know if I'll go hot take. That's fair enough. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not. It's just like, it's, it's just like I was at Side Street this past weekend, and every fucking beer on the menu, it has like, it's like, it's name a beer, and then it's like, what are the things in the beer? And it's like eight things. I'm like, just, I just want the beer with one thing in it. Like, I just yeah. want IPA. That's all I want. Like, I don't want some fusion-y bullshit. I don't know. Sure. And then my other take, you guys probably won't care about, but maybe some people listening to DB, namely, hopefully, <laughs> um, is that so there was a, a rap song released recently called WAP. I don't oh, know okay. I watched, well, see, I only know of it because I watched Ben Shapiro review yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, WAP is a song by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. I don't even know if Mitchell knew, but he listened to it on the way over I, here I in did. my car. Yes, yeah, okay. I, I so, yeah. saw it on the... Um, yeah, and uh, WAP stands for Wet Ass Pussy. Okay. And uh, it's a very good, very sexual song with a sweet beat, and I can't wait to listen to it 100,000 times and memorize all the lyrics and scream them at the top of my lungs for the rest of my life. So I, it's a great song. It's one of my favorites of the year. I don't think wet ass describes anything well, because when I think wet ass, I think swamp ass, and I don't want a swamp ass <laughs> pussy, so... 
sap, sap, sap. But yeah, it's, it's just I, I think that I think that they wanted it. And, yeah, I think they wanted that like that vowel in the middle, and there just really wasn't anything else good enough to put there. I guess I don't know. It's it's is it great? Is the idea of it great? No, the execution flawless. Love it. I mean, of your take, I'll have to. I'll have to re-listen to that. I didn't. I'll play it louder on the way out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it didn't didn't yeah. stick with me because I wasn't paying much attention. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, okay, okay. Yeah. For yeah, my hot yeah, take, yeah. um, I mean, this is this is pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dame is on some other shit right now, and I think Portland is is looking pretty good. This the is Lakers, gonna be hot. Lakers are uh, they're a little banged up, and uh, I think they're a really good team. But I've been. I've been trying to put them down all year, and I think I'm finally going to do it. I think Portland will beat the Lakers in round one of the playoffs. Boy, I would like nothing more. I actually told That's Sam boiling. last night that I really like Dame. Like, oh, Dame year by sweet. year, he yeah. grows on me. Yeah, Dame is the best. And, and Mitchell got to closely analyze the Lakers a couple, I guess that was probably about a week or two ago, when he picked Anthony Davis for his fan duel, the fan, DraftKings team or whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he was shit. So. <laughs> yeah, he's had, he's had kind of an up-and-down bubble. Uh, so far, he's had like one incredible game, a couple pretty good games, and then some real stinkers. Yeah, Portland's got Nurkic back. Nurkic is playing good. I, I think I underestimated the impact of oh, Nurkic. He's a beast. Yeah, dude. since he's been back, they've been falling. Yeah, he's like a twenty twenty guy. Yeah. potentially every night. And, and McCollum hasn't even been playing up to his his potential. He's had some kind of off nights, and they're still putting up ridiculous point totals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he, yeah he's better when the spotlight's on him. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say the opposite. Oh, uh, really? Okay. <laughs> I thought he disappeared in the playoffs, but... Oh, I guess. I, I'm, I'm more just thinking about the Lehigh days, I guess. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, my hot take, which, and I, again, I don't know how many people are actually listening, but I, after two years of pretty serious hockey watching, and I'd say f- maybe five to six as a Jackets fan, since they started going to the playoffs against the Penguins, um... My hot take is that hockey is a more exciting version of soccer. Um, I think what and AJ's making a big stink face, here. <laughs> um, which you know is part of it being hot. I told you I had a good one for it. Um, I think in part, you know, part of it might be that it's on a smaller. I don't know what uh, playing area surface area, so that the action feels more constant. Um, I've watched a lot of soccer. Worked well, and not that it's a prime example of soccer. I work for the crew, like I've seen a lot of soccer in my day, but I just there's no in hockey. There's no like hold up play in the middle of the field. Like soccer, you'll still have a lot of passing and not um, threatening areas of the field. Mm-hmm. Hockey's played within thirty feet of the goal the whole time, or whatever, within scoring range of the goal the whole time. Yeah. Which to me makes it a more stressful atmosphere. I don't know if I have more fun watching hockey. I feel like shit after it, especially when the Blue Jackets go six hours or whatever. Um, but and I, you know, Sam's not listening anymore. Thankfully, I don't want to give her too much credit. But really, soccer, uh, hockey's grown on me the past few years, and I'm um, very impressed with it as a sporting product. Um, okay. And I think it. I think there's a lot of comparisons to draw with soccer, and that's what makes it hot. It's, I'm going to say it's more exciting than soccer. Okay. <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess I, I don't know. But we we don't have time to go over this fully. But just like my my main gripe is like 
a lot of like what got me into soccer is like the incredible feats of athleticism I think happen out of yeah. like nowhere. And I just don't think that this happened in hockey. I just think I just I, I I just don't like the sport. I just I can't follow the puck when it's on screen and I feel like seventy five percent of the goals are deflections. Yeah. Television the, stuff for it. Yeah. Um I think that's the big issue with hockey that I have. It just doesn't track as well on TV. Well, I mean, I, live, it's great. I told Sam, I was talking to Sam the other day about it, like it's a skill almost to watch hockey on TV. Of like, I'm, I've gotten better about anticipating where the puck is, even though I can't see it, like yeah. what's going yeah. on with it. It's just something, it's a tough problem to solve. I don't know what they do about it. Um, soccer has more athletically impressive feats, but the other thing to keep in mind while you're watching hockey is that these men are skating the whole time they're doing it. Like, I don't even know how to skate backwards, and these dudes are just, you know, full steam backpedaling, doing mm-hmm. hockey things and stuff. Like, Yeah, it's just a lot of brute force, too, which I just don't care I mean, for. It's a different kind of athletic feat. Yeah, I don't, I'm just more impressed. Yeah, you're never going to see someone, you know, score a bicycle. There's no bicycle goal equivalent in hockey. Yeah. But still watching someone like cut through three people on skates, controlling a puck and putting it I mean, they're pretty precise in the spots and the goal they're putting it still. Yeah. It's like I would never be able to do that. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. Soccer's just a it has a has its own place for me too, just because specifically English Premier League yeah. cut out. Like it's just it's just watching sports at a time that I did, didn't normally watch sports, which was kind of an appeal to it too. Yeah, so. th- and that's a and that's a culture I guess culture is the word I'll use for it, but yeah. it's not soccer specific. It's just exactly when sure. it's yeah the ritual of it. Kind yeah, of yeah. If, if we're talking about lower leagues, I definitely am more in agreement with you. Like if, if we're talking the about like M- MLS versus NHL, oh, yeah. is what I'm saying. But like, but like, like La Liga or EPL or something like that over NHL, I'd take that. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I said it'd be hot. It's we'll hot. see. Yeah, hopefully all of our Canadian listeners out there appreciate Ryan's hot take. <laughs> a, <laughs> someone someone's prediction was that the three top goal scorers today were going to be Shorzy, Jonesy, and uh, <laughs> whoever. Riley. Riley, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love to see that. They just said, I'm here for the memes. So European guys, I've got your back. Canadians, you're on Ryan's side. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all for this week. We'll, uh, we'll be back soon. Take care. Adios.